once a trial begins, it becomes very, very difficult for new evidence to be introduced. Once it begins, you know, Jerry Hutch is likely to know what he faces. State witnesses, people that are entering or due to enter the witness protection program, they have come under very, very stern cross-examination. There's been a checkered history, I suppose, of how those statements have been received in, in, in Irish courts. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. The trial of Jerry the Monk Hutch looks set to go ahead next week, despite new witness statements and the dramatic turnaround of his former co-accused, Jonathan Dowdall. The Special Criminal Court has been told that the trial is all systems go to start and that Hutch is anxious to proceed in his not guilty plea to the murder of David Byrne. But do documents leaked onto social media purporting to relate to Dowdall's statements give an indication of where this trial might go? Today, I'm talking to Sunday World Deputy Editor Niall Donald about the ongoing developments in the biggest trial of recent times. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Well, it's obvious that Hutch is in custody and is anxious that the trial proceed because if it doesn't, God knows when it will come on. And Justice Tara Burns did warn both the prosecution, not warn, she sort of just alerted the prosecution and the defence to the fact that this trial is marked in and that the special criminal courts are really busy. So that's one element of it. He's in custody. And if the trial doesn't go ahead, it's going to be another probably two years, I suppose, before it does. But the other element of it is a little bit maybe more interesting, more speculative on our part. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, like I suppose uh, when we were there last week, I confidently predicted it wouldn't go ahead <laughs> next week. Um, and I have a great history of getting those things wrong. Um, I remember predicting confidently that uh, Joe Riley would walk free, you know. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I think it, it has normally when, you know, some substantial evidence, which is definitely what Jonathan Dowdle's witness statement is, you can see that might push things back months. But Jerry Hutch and his defence team have been anxious to push it through. Um, and, you know, there's I could be any number of reasons for that. He's obviously in, on remand, um, you know. While unlike the other two co-accused who are, who are on bail. Um, but I suppose once a trial begins it becomes very, very difficult for new evidence to be introduced, you know, because obviously the defence have to have all that evidence in advance, which you see with the disclosure yesterday. Um, so, you know, if something was to come to light mm. in a number of months' time, I mean, it is theoretically possible that it could be introduced as part of the trial. But really, um, once it begins, you know, Jerry Hutch is likely to know what he faces. So in other words, and, and last week when we were there, there was some element of, so the, you know, the statements given by Dowdall, so that was it, the defence said, that's all we can expect. And the prosecution quickly stood up and said, well, now hang on, don't, you know, yeah, don't put don't, the car before jump. the horse sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in other words, making a suggestion that maybe Dowdall had more to say. So in other words, if this trial gets going, um, that Dowdall 
will have to have, you know, the, it'll be difficult for him to expand on what already yes. he's given. And I suppose in terms of the prosecution, if 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 something, Jonathan, as we heard in court, that Jonathan Dowdle's statement was given at a very late point. Um, but, you know, if, if somebody was the guardie were to follow something up and find some new evidence of a type, that becomes much more difficult to introduce once once a trial has begun and also becomes, if there are, if we're in the future, I mean, obviously we're looking well in the future, if there's appeals or anything like that, you can't introduce new evidence at that stage. So really, once a trial begins, Jerry Hutch is likely, and you know, to know what he faces. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that, that could be a, a motivating factor um, for oh. getting a thing going. Hutch has a, a reputation of being a very wily individual, a sort of a master of his art, shall we say. Um, and he is facing trial, but he doesn't really have much in background by way of convictions. Has he anything at all in recent times? Because from memory, uh, the last time I was writing about him, I think I noted that he had nothing since his early 20s. No, I mean, he, he obviously spent uh, time in prison as a juvenile. Um, you know, he was famously uh, part of a, a you know, a, a gang, of, if, if you want, like, a, you know, of kids, really, that... that oh, that, they were that. They were called the Bugsy Malones. They were called the Bugsy Malones after the famous musical. But, I mean, they were, they were effectively juveniles, most of them. Mm. And they became kind of... Uh, famous or infamous, I think, because they started appearing on the radio and on, 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 on the newspapers as kind of a new wave of of of, of tearaway criminals. They used jo- to hop the counters in, in shops around the city centre and rob, and then I think the suspicion is that they kind of went on to become proper armed robbers. Yeah, and there was joyriding, and all of this was kind of... Uh, probably knew at the time, if you know what I mean, it was the first wave of that type of uh, tearaway teenager types uh, committing serious crimes and it became a, I don't think Joe Duffy was around, but it was that type of uh, phenomenon. It was, maybe Joe Duffy was around, I'm not sure, but... um, but (laughs) He probably was. But yeah, like it was on the radio and and all of that. And I I remember some of the young general then. Yeah, yeah, That was all on the radio, that was probably... But they were the, the precursor to that. Um, and of course, uh, Jerry Hutch was was famously interviewed by RT, uh, talking about it as a, as a teenager. But after that, um, he he did go to St Pat's at one point. Uh, St Pat's Young Reform, uh, the sort of junior juvenile wing of Mountjoy, and then spent some time in the senior prisons. But then has absolutely no criminal record in mm. in for for decades. You know, and you know while he has been you know, suspected of being involved in, in very high-profile crimes. He was hit by a uh, a bill from the Criminal Assets Bureau. He has managed to stay away from courts, and that is either a measure of innocence, mm. uh, bad policing, or a guy who is very good at his at his uh, chosen career. So we'll, yeah. just, we'll just park that little yeah. bit there, right? Because... It feeds into some documents that we have been privy to that were sent to me directly and have been put up on a number of social media channels. But they are sort of documents purporting to be notes um, related to Dowdall's statement. Now, we've no idea where they're coming from, but um, they're interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, we've no idea where they're coming from or even how accurate they are, but they're very extensive notes, 13 pages, I think, of of commentary on on Jonathan Dowdle's, you know, alleged witness statement, effectively. Um, you know, you get used to reading these things, I suppose, and there's a certain amount of it seems you know, seems quite accurate in what is said. There's a certain amount of it we know is accurate because we heard details of it in the court. I mean, for example, that he visited Straban the day before the uh, the Regency hotel attack. Now, we weren't told what he did in Straban, but we do know from his defence, from Michael O'Higgins, senior counsel, he told the court that both uh, Dowdall and his father were in Straban that day before. We know the details of the key card because we heard that officially in court. Um, and there's other little bits that we are able to to say from it. Yeah, no, they are accurate yeah. that we know of. Some of it involves meeting Shane Rowan, who was ultimately convicted of, of weapons offences that were, um, you know, linked to the Regency anyway. Whether that was proven beyond a reasonable doubt, Shane Rowan was uh, a well-known Republican uh, involved in dissident groups and uh, would eventually serve prison a prison sentence for these. So, you know, there's there's you know mentioned that that Dowdle met with with, with Shane Roan. Um there's um, the day before the Regency. Yeah. And you know attack. Yeah. And obviously um uh you know there's that that's the fact that Jonathan Dowdle travelled up there, the fact that he, you know, associated himself as a Republican um, as having somebody with contacts within the broader Republican movement, for want of a better term, that's all. That's all. Uh, you know, that's all. All, all well documented. It's all over, on the record now, time. and it has been in the special criminal court. Yeah, and obviously the the fact that the Dowdle was involved in booking that hotel uh, room. That hotel room was ultimately used by uh, Flat Cap, as he became known, a dissident Republican. That's all a fact. Um, it's a fact, obviously, that Jonathan Dowdle has pled guilty as well mm-hmm. to 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 a broader uh, connection to the murder charge uh, in the Regency. So he's obviously, you know, accepted that he that he had a, an involvement in the participation uh, of of the of the that gun attack. So that's not that's not up for dispute. Um, so again, it's another sign that. You know, there's going to be a, a, a what we always call a legal battle mm, in the mm, courts, mm. but there's also another battle um, that's been played out on social media. Just the absolute, we've talked about it again and again, mm. the modern phenomenon of organised criminality being played out in social media as a propaganda war as well. If this stuff is accurate, if this stuff is proper notes from the proper statement, why has it been put out into the public forum? Is it so as... Well, Dowdall I mean, might be privy to what's coming at him. I don't know if that. I don't know. I mean, is it is it is it uh, an emotional reaction to 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 somebody? You know, and these are definitely. This? By the way, let's just get this on the record. These are, I would say, definitely not notes from the legal team. No, they're not. No, no, <laughs> involved no. With Jerry Hodge. No, in fact, they're, they're, there's there's better grammar than normal in some of these things, but yeah. certainly not a. Uh, the standard one would expect mm-hmm. from our legal eagles. Yeah. Um, so they're not notes of that type. They're, they're a personal... And when attack. I was sent them, I asked a specific question of the individual and the answer told me that this was not a legal professional. No. And, you know, I think, 
these kind of social media posts, which gather huge attention from from the people you know in the broader who know these who know the characters involved, I suppose it all adds to raising the temperature, you know. Um, on, well, maybe on the to moment. give journalists something to talk about because <laughs> I did get sent them direct. Let's come on. Well, well, you, you know, know, that's good. But to we have. are we're, we're talking around them, and we've taken legal advice before we refer to them at all. Yeah, um, but it does raise it, the, does, it, it does raise the temperature in, mm. in the community. And Jonathan Dowdle is obviously going to have to go on the stand. It's you know, even if he's protected from from you know some of the stuff it's still going to be a very tense moment and this does raise the temperature of that 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 moment when he has to yeah and you know last week it looked like that moment could have been a long way away you know and we were talking about how stressed he looked and all the rest of it and there's two sides to that because if it had been a long way away it would have given him a bit of time maybe to get used to the situation of living yeah. on the witness protection program get over this sentence which is going to happen on Monday. He's going to be sentenced for what he has pleaded guilty to. He is possibly facing a custodial sentence. Give him time to get used to that. Or maybe the opposite is the case, that now he's faced with it immediately. Maybe that would become even more stressful, having to actually get into that witness box in the next couple of weeks and give that evidence. Maybe he's not in a great place mentally to do that. No, I mean, look, anybody who's ever been to court, you can see how you know, when the cross-examination is going to go on for days, every word, every nuance of every sentence is going to come under scrutiny. Um, you know, whenever, uh, you know, this, the smallest thing that's in a statement can all of a sudden become a huge issue when it lands in court. Um, the, the, there's been a long, not a long history actually in fairness in Irish courts, but of, of, of state witnesses, people that are entering or due to enter the witness protection programme. They have come under, uh, you know, very, very uh, stern cross-examination for once. Obviously, the defences are, are protecting their client and that's, that's what they should be doing. But, you know, it's been... Uh, there's been a checkered history, I suppose, of of how those statements have been received in 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 Irish courts. Obviously, you know the case with Joey and the witness in the yeah. podcast. That was something that was very successful. There's been other ones that have been much more uh, controversial. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, the last protected witness I saw giving evidence in court was Martin Byrne, yeah. who went into witness protection because he was the, the the state witness in the case against Jim Mansfield Jr. And of course, that terror team that came and kidnapped him and threatened to kill him, being, uh, you know, Des, uh, Desi O'Hare and um, Parker Ra- Duffy. Duffy and all the rest of them. Now, they all ended up pleading guilty. I think there was five of them in total pleaded guilty, so his evidence was never heard for that. But Mansfield Jr. pleaded not guilty in relation to his role in all that. So Martin Byrne, gave his evidence from memory, and it was only, you know, in the last year, so my memory should be fresh. Um, he gave his evidence in about a day and a bit. His cross-examination must have gone on for five days. Yeah. The guy was exhausted yeah. after it. Every little meeting he'd referred to, yeah. he was quizzed up, down, around the bend. Um, and, you know, he he turned out to be a good witness because, uh, you know, while, while Mansfield Jr. was acquitted on the kidnap charge, he was 
found guilty on uh, perverting the course of justice. Yeah, so I mean, I think even uh, Martin Byrne uh, would be a good example of... And a non-criminal, by the way. He doesn't have criminal convictions. Martin Byrne was an employee. No, so, uh, but, you know, as you said, every little detail that he gave in in evidence came under scrutiny. Inevitably, uh, when you have human witnesses, which witnesses are by their nature, people don't remember everything perfectly. They don't you know, remember detail times and dates, they can get these things wrong. But so, you know, even in a case like that, you know, that sort of stuff would be pointed out. But Jonathan Dowdle will face um, greater greater scrutiny on his own role, one would imagine, yes. you know, because he's obviously pleaded guilty mm-hmm. to being involved in this criminal action. You know, so that that's a fact now. And what you might get in similar cases is is, and, and I'm not talking about this case specifically, mm. but in similar cases we've seen before, and not naming anyone, what you get is the accused saying, "Well, I didn't do it; he did it," yeah, and pointing at the witness and yeah. saying, "Well, you know, it's him actually that's to blame, and he's only saying this to you because he's trying to save his ass, yeah, and convict, you know, and and let his evidence yeah. convict me." Exactly, and of course that's that 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 would be the bit that would come under scrutiny. You know, mm. what culpability. Does does a person have in those circumstances? Um, in 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 Ireland, that's been very very controversial. Like in America, for example, you know when you see say El Chapo's accountant, for example, the American courts accept that more readily. Mm. You know, and and but in Ireland, it has proved very difficult over time. So that that you know we don't know what Jerry Hutch's defence. Mm. Is going to do. We don't know the evidence that's going to be presented, but it is going to be um, a high stakes. I mean, we can say that clearly, and we can say because Jonathan Dowdle has pleaded guilty to a crime, you know that that could come under uh, could be a focus for it in the future. Oh, it will. And you know, I always think that a court and a court a trial is almost like a theatre production. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's been choreographed perhaps by the prosecution and the defence, by the senior counsels yeah. who are leading the story and who are who are leading the witnesses through this narrative of what happened. And really ultimately it falls or not on the performance of the witness. And it's all very well to give a statement, to write it down, to sit in a guard station and to give your statement, but to sit in the witness box and it's oh, a bit like totally. you now in the show, but to sit there <laughs> and know that everybody's watching you, yeah. you're live, you don't have a moment to go, sorry, just excuse me for yeah, that. Yeah. You have to give, you have to, and, and look, I think, you know, as well under those circumstances, like witnesses telling the truth usually do really well. They uh, do. Those who sometimes are, are, you know, trying to you know, narrate to, a tale and remove themselves from it, I don't think they do too well. No, I mean, it's very, like even doing a podcast here and you think, what did Jonathan Dowdle actually plead guilty to? Yeah. So you're trying to recall stuff that you know. Yes. And it, when you're in a witness box without, uh, you know, asking Ian to pause that for a minute <laughs> so we can record it again, it's going to be even more difficult, you know. Um but, you know, I mean, uh, the other thing, of course, is and that... And the pressures, of course, of the kind of evidence that he's yes. he's going to give. I mean, yeah. this guy, I mean, this is against everything he's ever believed in. Yeah. This is against everything and that he's is... And he's going to be a couple of metres away from Jerry Hutch as well. Like, yeah. it's not it's not going to yeah. be in a remote or, 
you know, it's they're going to be in the same room. I mean, it's it's the court is going to be packed. They always yeah. are anyway. But I mean, and then it, there's just the formality of a court as well. And look, Dowdle's been there before, of course, because he has his his conviction. He pleaded guilty at the yeah. uh, at the late stages of that on that kidnap. Uh, charge where he waterboarded a man who wanted to buy his motorbike, but um, he won't be that used to sitting in a witness box. Who you know, not many people are. Well, expert witnesses, of course, are. Yeah, people who are brought in yeah. to give their expert opinion on something, they would be used to it. They would know the pressures of it. Um, he won't be, and he'd be surrounded with lawyers and teams of lawyers because there's three different defendants going to be there. Three different teams of lawyers. It'll be an intimidating place. And that's before that absolute realization for him that he's in trouble with everybody. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So it 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 will be. Uh, it'll be. You can feel when you go into court. Sometimes you know, even though you're just we're just sitting there as journalists with absolutely almost nothing at stake, you can still feel the tension mm. and those moments. I mean, even just sitting there as a as a, a an objective witness, you know. Mm. So it's going to be a. a it's going to be a tough experience for sure. And you know, the other thing is as well, when you talk about this cross-examination going on for days, and it is exhausting, um, but like a witness has to be very careful to be able to hold their temper Yeah. in that because you're being poked and prodded and that's the the, the, the job of the defence yeah. to, to try and, I suppose, to try and bring out some emotions that mightn't look too good in a courtroom. Now, there's no jury, obviously, in the special criminal court, but um, exhaustion, tension, pressure, stress, all those things, um, you know, can provoke reactions in witnesses. I mean, of course, the fact, as you said there, it is the special criminal court makes it slightly, maybe slightly less theatrical Mm. than it would in front of a jury, jury, you know, because judges, by their nature... They're going to be, you know, you would imagine that they're less prone to maybe the emotional Mm -hmm. experience of seeing a witness, you know, and making a judgment on that. So the the trials tend to be more technical in the Mm -hmm. special criminal court because that's maybe going to have more impact with a judge than where in a jury case, you know, they're trying to appeal to the to the emotional reaction of 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 a jury of their peers, you know, but they will maybe. be very focused on this evidence. And I mean, if we look back into the Gilligan trials all those years ago, and Charlie Bowden, I mean, the Ward decision, the 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 murder conviction against Paul Ward was overturned in the Court of Criminal Appeal, and that judgment is very interesting to read. Yeah. And there's quite a lot of parallels and similarities between Charlie Bowden and with. Um, Jonathan Dowdall. This is going to be uh, a similar thing, and though they're all different, all these cases, but you have somebody who's a, a member of the criminal organisation. I mean, Jonathan Dowdall actually said in court that he wasn't a... Well, this, uh, his defence said that he wasn't a member. His defence said he wasn't a member, yeah. 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 But, you know, and what's the state's... Well, the states, I mean, the state has... Is the state, obviously, is the state going to agree with that or is the state going to... Well, I mean, the state has laid one specific charge against him, Mm. which is involvement in a criminal act, if you you Mm -hmm. want. His defence are obviously accepting that, 
pleading guilty to that, but they're saying that he wasn't a member broadly of the Hutch organised crime gang. And they're saying he didn't know what he was doing, he was tricked into mm, it. Yeah, effectively that he, he got sucked into it through, through, through... But the state is agreeing, I think, because if you look at what Michael O'Higgins said, Michael O'Higgins said that it is the state's case that he was used, yeah. that Dowdall and his father were used in this sort of ruse to claim that this whole Regency attack was a Republican act. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I think so that's. So the state's that, agreeing then? They're agreeing, obviously, mm. it both. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, they're agreeing. Yeah. They're agreeing to his involvement in the criminal act, but maybe not agree, uh, agreeing to his role as a member of mm. the, the Hutch gang. So that's, that's maybe a distinction that they're going to draw in terms of. Uh, Charlie Bowden, who who was an accepted member of 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 the Gilligan gang, and mm. um, by himself and by others. So I mean, look, we don't know what's gonna what's gonna come out. John. Funny, he was even in the same position because he was in jail at the time he was giving evidence. Which maybe Jonathan Dowdall by next Monday will know if he's getting the custodial sentence. But I think uh, Justice Tony Hunt sort of suggested that he will have to give him one. But Bowden was in jail when yeah. he was giving evidence and he was brought along to the Special Criminal Court, which is at that time in Green Street every day in this huge, I mean, there was a huge security operation there yeah. and there was snipers around the roofs of, of the, the buildings and, um, you know, such was the risk to his life. Yeah. So, I mean, Jonathan all were told is facing well, double I mean, jeopardy there because he's, he's in the sights now of the wider Hutch organisation and also the Kinahan. Yeah. And he's also obviously potentially facing a prison sentence um, where the protection on him, you know, he would be obviously the highest risk category mm. within the prison system. I mean, there's obviously um, prisoners that are under threat in prisons, normal enough, mm. but they normally have a, a, you know, a grouping that they can be place, safely placed with. Um, for example, if the members of the Kinnan cartel, they'd be placed with other Kinnan cartel wing members on, on prison wings. Uh, Jonathan Dowdle would be a whole other case. Uh, and would his security be purely down then to the prisons or would witness protection be involved in that within the prison system? No, I think there, I mean, you know, obviously we don't know if he's even getting a prison sentence, but if he was to get a prison sentence, that that is the, I mean, maybe the guards give advice on, on, on threats, but it's really the prison service that would be... It's the prison service that has to keep him alive. Yeah, and I mean, of course, there have been, a, 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 you know, state witnesses in prison before, um, you know, there have been Gardaí in prison who'd be under extreme threat. It must be very expensive to house somebody yeah. like that in prison that needs that much security and yeah. protection. Yeah. And then we have the family. Uh, we have, well, if his, we don't know if his father's going to get a custodial sentence or not either. I think he's probably in the same boat because he has that previous quite significant conviction. Um, and we have his Dowdall's wife and four children aged between 11 and 25 all gone into witness protection program. It's costing the state a huge amount of money. Uh, yeah, it does really. cost, it costs a huge amount of money. Um, but it is part of modern policing, I think. Um, mm. I think as you, as you, you know, as, as criminals get more sophisticated, human witnesses, I think, will become more important. Mm. And, you know, Ireland has obviously brought, you know, it's, how many years ago since Charlie Bowden? 25 years or something, yeah. is it? So, hey, yeah, it? possibly. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we probably haven't, but, you know, used it as much. But you see in the States, it's become one of the primary ways that organised criminality 
has been dismantled. Um, you know, particularly the American, the mafia, they they were dismantled through through super grass witnesses, you know. Well, we have an interview coming out and hopefully you know, we might put it out on Thursday in relation to the Witness Protection Programme, which will be very interesting for people. And it's an academic who's sort of studied the framework of it here. Yeah. And uh, Better than the uneducated wafflings <laughs> of ourselves anyway, Nicola. <laughs> well, talk for yourself, Niall, please. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's, he's talking really about, uh, I mean, you can listen to it, everybody can listen to it, but it is quite fascinating. He's talking about the structure of the Witness Protection Programme, how it's not sort of surrounded in any legal framework in this country, how basically we have sort of ignored European advice on putting it into legal framework, uh, you know, putting legislation, wrapping legislation around it, and how secretive it is. And yeah, it's 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 quite a fascinating thing that's come up in yeah. a way it always takes something to make us look at the complexities behind exactly. it. Yes, exactly. And you see that with various other things like like EncroChat, like other yeah. sort of anti-gangland operations, you know. They get put in place, but then the second iteration is where they have to be tested in a court. I'm sorry, I'm not going to let you have this because I actually have a H-dip in criminology. Do you? Yeah. Where are you at with it all? So well, you I, are I, just I've a waffle. I've actually uh, known multiple degrees in various things. A professional spoofer, is that no, it? No, no, no. De <laughs> multiple degrees. <laughs> multiple. So anyway. H-dip? Um, Should we get the off of, uh, Google, uh, is it? Knock that off now. He's not allowed to say that. <laughs> no, hit the, hit the stop button there. Um, anyway, look, that's... Is there anything else we want to talk about in that? We can't really go into too much more no, on no. it. But it's, um, it's interesting, you know, and it's these things are, it's just social media has just transformed, mm. transformed this. But so, you know, the, the, the social media battle will go on as the legal battle continues. This story is like it becomes more and more like a, a drama every day. Yeah. You, you know, you're watching on some show. Um, but look, for the moment, and we will definitely be on as live as we can be next week in firstly yeah. the Dowdall sentence and then the possible opening of the Regency trial and, and Hutch going on trial for the murder of David Byrne. There has been the indication that it is likely to go ahead, but you know, these things they could yeah. they could easily be put off. But so for now, Niall Donald. Professor Niall Donald. Uneducated <laughs> Professor Niall Donald over. says goodbye. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. <laughs>